Welcome to the HTLL podcast. We are your co-hosts, Tino Movuti, Technical Advisor for WASH. And Emily Hirata, Technical Advisor for Health and Nutrition. In our last episode, we delved into the topic of One Health with some invested staff from around the ADVA network. Today, we're narrowing our focus onto South America and an exciting technology for psychosocial support or PSS that they have been working on. With us is Eric Leitner, the Regional Emergency Manager for the South America Division of the Seventh-day Adventist Church based in Brazil. He's going to walk us through what it's all about. Eric, welcome to our podcast. Hi, Tino. Hi, Emily. Thank you for having me. For our listeners that may be unaware, psychosocial support, or PSS, refers to actions or interventions that address both psychological and social needs of people. It's different from mental health in that mental health tends to focus on diagnosable disorders, whereas PSS is more about general psychological and social care that can help prevent those mental health disorders and sometimes even be used to help treat them when they occur. So, Eric, the South America Division is working on a PSS app, if I'm not mistaken. Can you tell us about what this app project the Division has been working on developing is, uh, why it was created, what's its purpose, what does it do? Sure. Um, So, we've been trying in the South American um, Division to incorporate and to promote the integration of psychosocial support in all of our uh, emergency responses. Uh, Because we feel that there's always a strong need to complement any humanitarian assistance that we provide with emotional and psychosocial support. And uh, we've been trying to promote that with our country offices and um, develop materials and provide training so that we have volunteers that are able to actually Uh, do those kind of interventions. Now, when the pandemic started, um, we saw a significant increase in the needs of psychosocial support uh, all across the different countries in our region. And we were not able to implement our in-person type of interventions because of social distancing and the risk that it represented to our own volunteers and especially to the affected populations. And some of our projects were able to, you know, move into some other kind of services like implementing psychosocial support hotline services uh, through the phone. But we took this opportunity to rethink uh, or to innovate in ways that we could use technology to make these kind of interventions easier and more accessible for our volunteers and for our beneficiaries. So we started to think on how we could provide video call interventions, because it's very important when you're performing psychosocial support that you use all your senses, that you see the person that is affected and that you uh, pay attention to the nonverbal communication. And even when you are in person, uh, physical touch can be very important sometimes. And since we were missing that part, Uh, on the phone type of interventions, we were also missing that visual contact. And we we thought that providing a a tool that will help us 
retain that visual contact between the volunteer or the person providing the psychosocial support intervention and the beneficiary will be crucial. That's why we thought of this app. Um, and also because this same app could allow us to provide practical training to our volunteers in an easy way, uh, in a way that will be easy for them to follow, to understand, and, and in smaller pieces that they can do uh, throughout the day. And that's how this idea was born. And then we presented it to other international as an innovation um, idea to, for intervention um, on the pandemic and it was approved. So what the app basically does, it's a, it's a mobile app for iOS and Android devices that allows any person to become a, a volunteer, to register on the app, download the app, do a, a basic training that is very easy to follow and it's very practical. Uh, and once the person completes that training, then he, is, he or she is able to uh, be a volunteer and provide psychosocial support interventions. That volunteer can select on the app the timings that that person will be available to provide that. And that person, when emergency response is activated through the app, will receive calls from beneficiaries or from people in need and will be able to provide that psychosocial support directly on the same app. At the same time, on the beneficiary side of things, um, we provide additional resources for those beneficiaries so that they can have additional tools on how to deal with the situation that they are having and uh, provide additional support before they can actually make a call and receive uh, the attention from, from a, a volunteer. This is really, really neat. Um, I'm, it's, it's really exciting to hear about this. I'm curious the the group of people that this this app was originally intended for it was the beneficiaries of uh, an emergency themselves or was it really for just anyone you know whether you're a a, a church staff address staff anybody who needs some kind of psycho psychosocial support um it's it's there for them is there was there a specific group of people you had in mind um, when, when this was being thought of or, or created? Yes. So when we initially um, thought of this, uh, we were thinking more on emergency responses um, because those are the times when we feel the strongest need for psychosocial support interventions. And uh, initially we thought, let's make this an, uh, an app that can support that and provide that service on uh, emergency responses. And one of the, the learnings that we had once we started socializing and sharing this idea and the app and testing it now um, is that people see that as a, as a very valuable tool to actually complement other type of projects. Uh, where they need to keep in touch and provide that type of support uh, with other beneficiaries. That, and those may be projects that are longer term projects, even development projects, where they have a link with a specific vulnerable groups, um, like people that is, are going through medical treatment or women that are part of our microfinance projects in, in Peru and many others. So 
part of the adjustments that we are now thinking in terms of the, the app on a second phase that we're now starting is making it available uh, to those other initiatives as well. And how do we um, move from a, just an intervention that is uh, activated as an emergency response will be, and then deactivated after the critical phase of the emergency response is gone, and now having multiple implementations of the same uh, app uh, for different projects within the same country. Very, very uh, interesting. That sounds really great. Um, are there any specific already existing resources that this was modeled after? So any apps that already exist similar to this or other programs that were being used uh, as, as a model? So we, we, started, um, we started our process with uh, promoting psychosocial support in the region by looking at all the different resources that are available um, from different, different sources. So the guides from EASC, from WHO, and many other intervention guides on psychosocial support. Uh, and we found that the, that was a bit confusing for country offices that wanted to start from zero and do something about it because they didn't know which one to follow and how to implement it. So what we said is, let's try to bring all that together. And we had a, a professional and specialized in trauma here that helped us um, go over all that, uh, all those guides and resources and compile the main ideas and, and the main um, learning from, from all those resources and come up with a resource that will be a, an ADRA resource. It, it, it wasn't, we were not trying to create the reinvent the wheel, but actually make it easier for country offices to implement psychosocial support. So based on that, we develop our own guide that was based on all those existing um, resources, uh, plus the expertise of these um, psychologists. And we develop a, um, a resource for training uh, volunteers in, in, in the different country offices. Now, we use that resource when the pandemic started to migrate or to adapt it actually into a remote intervention type of service. Uh, because so everything else that was done before the pandemic was always focusing on in-person intervention. So we got that, we adapted that and tried to uh, use it in a way that it will be uh, conducive to an, a remote intervention. We've seen some other cases, especially phone services that are available. Um, and we've also seen some web pages where you can actually find some resources or even uh, you know, uh, book some specialized services, but we've, we haven't seen an, an app or an idea that was the same in, in, in core, basically, as what we were developing. Now that the app has been developed and it's been tested, you've even talked about working with experts and you mentioned plans to adapt it. I'm sure you and the team there have gathered quite a lot of learnings along the way. What are some of the most interesting things that you've discovered? Um, is the app serving the purpose that it was created for? That's a, that's a good question, Tino. Um, we are all learning so much from this process. Uh, we came from, we started from an idea that it was innovative, that was different, uh, and we 
initially we were very excited. We are, we're still very excited about it. I, we think it's, it's, it's a great uh, opportunity um, and provides a great resource, but we're learning so much in the process. And uh, one of the things that we learned that I mentioned before is that this could actually be used for other purposes other than just emergency response. And we never thought that it could integrate so well with existing projects that need to create that link and that communication with beneficiaries. So uh, those are some of the, the, the discoveries that we're having now. We're discovering also that um, you know, the, the, the process of adapting and creating all that training and content and making it available and easy for volunteers to be trained um, was was challenging uh, even though we had resources that were very practical um, making them available to a volunteer on a mobile phone that can learn it on on small pieces of time 10-15 minutes and still at the end feel that he or she has the confidence to actually receive a call and 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 do an intervention and that that person doesn't need to have all the answers but has to know how to facilitate the process so the person can express what uh, he or she is feeling and, 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 and help that person walk through the process. That can be very rewarding as well. We're learning that volunteers want to be part of those process. They want to take those responsibilities. They are willing to, to do that. And they want to feel that they are capable of providing practical solutions to people that are suffering, uh, not just you know, creating kits uh, or, or assembling kits to be distributed, but they want to be in touch with the people that are affected. They want to be part of that solution. So I think in a way we are making so many discoveries and learning, and this is only pushing us or moving us into new opportunities, which is which is very exciting, which is, is great for us. I feel that in a way, this is a, a tool that it's opening up a lot of potential for us to tap on a huge resource that ADRA has worldwide that is volunteers. Uh, we have so many of them, they want to be part of that, but many times we were not able to find ways to make room for that. And, and this, this tool, this uh, psychosocial support app, is actually completely run by volunteers. We are, of course, developing it, but once it's, it's complete, uh, we rely 100% on them. Uh, so this is, this is new for ADRA. So it, it, it's exciting. It's great. Uh, we are learning so much, and I know that we will be learning um, much more as we continue to roll out the app. We're doing it in a way that is... Uh, controlled so that we learn and we capture that learning and that we improve it in a way that whenever we, we implement it in other places, we feel safe and we feel that we're doing the right thing, uh, but we will never stop learning. That is really amazing. As I listen to you talking about the amazing work that you've done and the very real impact that the app is making, I'm really interested to find out from you, Eric, what you envision would be the long-term goal for this project, given all the resources that you need, uh, where do you see this going? How big do you imagine that this could be? Uh, you know, I, I would like to see this become somehow a trademark intervention of ADRA um, that 
we get to be known by the quality of our psychosocial support uh, interventions. And I know, I think ADRA is well known by the dedication and the effort and, and that, that ADRA staff puts to everything that we do uh, across the world. And I think we can see the same dedication and commitment and effort from our volunteers. And, and, and if we tap into that resource, I think these kind of interventions being through the app or, or through any other way um, can provide or can be a, a signature intervention as something that is characteristic of ADRA. ADRA is in touch with the people on the ground, providing real, uh, real support that they need, but especially that ADRA is, is, a touch, is a touch on their shoulders, that there's always the in-person type of relationship with the, with the person that, that is being through tough times. And that is, uh, ADRA keeps that personal touch. And that's why somehow we, 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 we selected the name, the name of the app is ADRA Touch, because even though it's a, it's a virtual tool, it's an it's a electronic tool, uh, we don't want to miss that touch that ADRA has, that we always had when we um, work with the communities. And no matter if we are doing it now virtually or remotely, we want to keep that personal touch with our beneficiaries. And I think that that's probably what I would like to envision or, or see in the future uh, from this intervention or this specific um, project. Eric, this is so exciting. And it, it just, it sounds so amazing and really, really useful. And I love the vision that you, um, that you've expressed with us here. Just a follow-up question. What's, what's the rollout plan uh, for unfolding this within the, the ADRA network with other country offices? Yes. Yeah, so we are, we're going step-by-step step since uh, this is something that we we're learning as, as we're doing. Uh, and, um, what, in, what we're doing now is doing um, implementations of the app uh, that are somehow uh, limited and, and controlled. So we're trying to implement it in a real case scenario. Uh, could be an existing project uh, that has this kind of intervention and reaches to uh, a, a given number of beneficiaries and then implement the app in, that, in the context of that existing project and see how it performs and, and, and make any adjustments that are needed because we need to also learn how, how to actually implement the app in those communities. It's not just developing the app and then it's ready to roll, but it's actually how do we, ADRA, learn how to um, deploy the app in a community and then close that deployment when it's finished. Um, so all that process is a learning process. Um, and we are eager to you know, continue that. And once we have done that in, in several places, then uh, feel that we have enough so that anyone can actually do that in, in any place in the network. And uh, we are working in the second phase on a, on a web portal that will actually allow us to um, any country office to implement the app on them uh, by themselves. Uh, so they will set it up and they will do everything and we will kind of document the whole process. So it's easier for any new office that wants to jump into the app and start using it 
to actually know how to do it uh, step by step. Um, so we're trying to follow that process now. We're trying to do those implementations, control the implementations, learn from it, document it, so that that can be later on available to the network uh, in general. But if any country office is interested in knowing more about it and or being part of this uh, progressive rollout of, of, of the app, they can get in touch with us. We're happy to share more information and, or, or make them part of this rollout and, and you know, construct this, this process together with, with any other office that, that may be interested in. It's been so great listening to you talk about what sounds like a really great initiative. We could go on forever, but we, we're going to give you the last word um, as we wrap up this episode. Is there anything, Eric, um, is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners to wrap up? Uh, I, I would like to, first of all, thank, thank everyone that is, is listening for taking the time to actually uh, listen to this post- podcast and, and, and you know, get to know more about this app. I think that we need and we have seen uh, a lot of support from the network on this pros- project um, that is a different one, that is new. And uh, if anyone wants to believes in this project and sees potential in this tool and would like to be part of it, please get involved, get in touch. Um, we would love to tell you more about it. And, and we're eager to see that being implemented across the network. I think this is what we're doing is just a tool. Uh, it, it, it's not going to do anything by its own. It's something that we as ADRA offices, as, as staff, we will need to use, we will need to believe in and, and commit to and implement in our offices to actually see an impact. So I would like to you know, challenge each and every one of you that is, is listening. Uh, if you think that this is a good idea to get in touch and also to be part of it so that we can bring it to a, a reality and make it, a, as, as I mentioned before, something that we as ADRA can be happy and we can feel that is somehow a trademark or, or, or something that identifies ADRA in the way that we work, in the way that we do um, our job. What an awesome way to wrap up our conversation here today. If you would like to learn more about psychosocial support, are interested in getting in touch with the South America Division for more information on their app, or would just like to learn about other topics regarding health, nutrition, and WASH, feel free to contact the Health Technical Learning Lab at healthtll at adra.org. That's healthtll at adra.org. To listen to other episodes of the HTLL podcast, Please find us and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another episode of the HTLL podcast.